hello, Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Today, I'm going to be continuing my series entitled The Believer's King and Priest Identity. Um, you can go a couple episodes back and you can see part one where I broke open Revelation chapter five that has been heavily resonating on my heart right now. I can't get away from this scripture in Revelation chapter five. Um, 9 and 10. And so it's just the glorious picture of the throne of God and what is taking place around the throne of God. And I don't know if I shared this in the last episode, actually, but I was really, after I recorded it, I was thinking about it. But years ago, when I was in Mozambique, Africa, with Heidi and Roland Baker's ministry, Iris Global, um, I had this encounter with God, right? A vision of the throne room. And I was just laying down in awe and wonder at the glory of Jesus. And I saw nations, tribes, and tongues waving banners of the different nations and every people of every kind worshiping Jesus around the throne. And Revelation chapter five, verses nine and 10, the scriptures that I quoted um, in part one really uh, were highlighted and embedded in my heart. And I, in this season, since really January, February of, of 2022, um, the scripture came back to me years later, five, no, well, more than five years later. Wow. This is probably nine years ago, nine years later, just came back, boom, in front of my face. Like this is, I, I put this in you years ago and now I want to highlight this again. I want this to be something that you begin to eat, digest something that forms on the inside of you so you could walk it out and not only walk it out, but impart it to the people listening, to the people that you are pouring into, to your disciples, to to what God has, you know, my, my wife and I doing in the earth. And this is something that we've walked out without attaching a scripture to it, but this is something that the Lord is really unpacking more revelation on. And so in Revelation chapter five, Jesus is declared as the only one worthy. I'm just recapping really quick. Jesus is declared as the only one worthy because he is the one that spilt his sacred blood to purchase us for God from every nation, tribe, and tongue. So this shows the worth of Jesus, that he is the only one worthy because of what he has done and shedding his blood, his life, death, resurrection, ascension, the incarnational life of Jesus, this God man at the right hand of the father on high, and that we are now seated with him in heavenly places, this reality of Jesus, who he is and what he has done. He is the only one worthy. No one else is worthy that has ever walked the earth and that will ever walk the earth. But then also in the fact that he purchased us with his blood reveals our worth and our value to God, the father that he sent his only son to purchase us and he does not make a bad deal. And so he does not pay more than what he should pay. And he paid with the blood of his son. And so that shows us our worth, but not only our individual worth, but every nation, tribe and tongue. This is a worldwide finished work. I'm not a Calvinist. Um, not to say I don't believe in um, certain revelations that the Calvinists believe in, but I do not believe in limited atonement. That is a lie of the enemy. Jesus did not spill his blood for a select few, for the elect or the chosen. He has spilled his blood for the entire world. He purchased us all back with his blood unto God, every nation, tribe, and tongue. Not just certain people, but everyone. We're all included in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And this is missional. 
that we aren't just purchased so we can have a relationship with God, that we were made to proclaim his kingdom and go into the world. We have a mission. He finished the work so that work can be done. A work can begin and we could partner with the Lord and release his kingdom. And that's, it goes on to talk about being a priest and kings unto God. And so I really talked about that in the last episode, but we are priests in intimacy before God, tending to his heart, having um, that place of fellowship as utmost importance more than anything we could ever accomplish or do more than our mission. We are priests that live in love, first love, passion, ministering to the heart of God and having his presence as the central place of how we live our lives. And then we are kings that go out into the world with dominion in the earth. Like it says in Revelation 5.10, we have dominion in the earth through that place of intimacy with God. And so this is huge. This is the core of Awaken podcast. Awake, awake, go sleeper, rise from the dead. Wake up to the eternal truths of God. Wake up to your identity in Jesus Christ. Do not sleep in the light. So many are asleep in the dark, but Keith Green, if you don't know who Keith Green is, look into his stuff. It's old school, but it's anointed. He has a song called Asleep in the Light. So many of us in the church have become drowsy or sleepy in the light. We need to wake up. And the thing is, many of many areas of our life, we are bright and vibrant in as believers. I can guarantee if you're a believer and you are hearing this, that you are bright and vibrant in certain areas of your life, but totally asleep in other areas. And the Lord wants us fully awakened to the glory and the beauty of who he is. And so I'm just going to be layering and unpacking um some things about being a priest unto God and being a king in this series. And so I want to break into first Peter chapter two, and I'm also going to be quoting Ephesians chapter two, uh, verses 18 through 22. So first I'm going to do first Peter, uh, chapter two, and I'm going to read verses four. I'm going to skip a couple verses and then I'm going to go all the way through 11 or chapter or, or verse 10, excuse me. Hope you guys love the word of God. Cause I'll be sharing some scriptures, y'all. And so here we go. First Peter chapter two, verse four, and coming to him, that is Jesus Christ, as to a living stone, which has been rejected by people, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. And you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, Behold, I'm laying a in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. And then I'm going to skip verse 7 and verse 8 and go into verse 9. But it says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. There we go again with God's own possession language so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but you are now the people of God. You once did not receive mercy, but now you've received mercy. And so I'm going to break this down a little bit and I'm going to kind of breeze through it here because I want to read Ephesians 2. And really Ephesians 2 is just confirming and saying almost the same thing that Peter, the apostle Peter is saying here. And so it begins by saying, Jesus is the living stone. More precisely, he is the cornerstone. The cornerstone is laid on a building and all the other stones are built around it. Without that cornerstone, that building could could not go up properly. And so he is the cornerstone, the most important stone in the entire building project. He is the only one worthy. Revelation chapter 5. 
But then it goes on to say that we also are purchased by his blood and valuable. And so here it says that he is the living stone. He is the cornerstone. Nothing else can be built apart from Christ. He is the foundation, but you are also living stones that are built up into this building, into this beautiful spiritual house for God. And not only are we a part of the building, but we are priests that minister in the building, spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And this is a glorious picture, Jesus, the only one worthy, but us being valuable enough for his precious blood to be spilt, to purchase us from darkness and bring us into light, that he is the cornerstone and we are the living stones being built up into a glorious spiritual house. And let's talk about house for a second. You go to church on Sunday, it says, welcome to the house of God. I don't like that terminology because that building is not the house of God. We should more accurately say, welcome church, welcome little houses of God into this building. This is a building that houses the church. We are the church, and that may seem elementary, but on Sunday mornings in several churches around the USA and around the world, we are training people's minds to believe that this building, brick and mortar, is the house of God. No, you are the house of God. You are the living stones. We are being built up into a spiritual house. You are individually the house of God, a temple that hosts the Holy Spirit's presence, no separation between you and God. But but we are also, as the people of God, being gathered together. The word ekklesia is church in Greek, and it talks about being called out ones. But not only that, called out ones who assemble together around the presence of God to learn from the word of God and to be sent out into the world. And so, yes, we assemble together. The little houses of God come together and become the fuller, larger house of God. And so we need to, and I'm not saying it's sinful when somebody says that, or man, judge your pastor or your leaders if they use that terminology. What I'm saying is we need a revelation in this area. We need to have our minds renewed. That building, that house that you're meeting in, whether it's a home church or whether it's a building, whether you're going to the mission field, there's a training school and wherever that takes place, that is not the house of God. You are the house of God and you are a living stone being built up with the people of God, the large broader people of God and house of God, and we're growing up together into a glorious house for him. And so we're not just creating a space or a home for God to dwell. He never desired a building made with human hands. That is biblical. That is scriptural. He does not desire a building made with human hands. Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool, but he dwells with the broken and contrite of heart. It says in Isaiah, the last chapter of Isaiah. And so he dwells with people. He doesn't dwell with brick and mortar. And so that is very important. I believe in the community of God. I believe that saints need to to, to assemble together and fellowship together because that is the full house of God. When the little temples of the Lord come together to, to be a full house, a full temple of the living God, it's the community of the saints. It's not a building. Hallelujah. That's what God's after, building us up into a holy home, not having a specific space sanctioned for him. And I'm going to go into this a little bit later because I do believe there is something glorious, altars that we build in the spirit, 
places where the saints come together and there is a tangible glory there. And when you walk into a space, you get hit with the presence. And I want to have a whole teaching on altars. And I'm going to talk about that tangible and, and spiritual ones. And so we'll get into that. That's something to look forward to here in the future days. But, and I've got another teaching coming up here soon about us being a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices. What does that mean? Because we no longer, like in the Levitical days, offer up bulls and goats and that blood. Because if you read the book of Hebrews, that is nothing compared to the blood of Jesus. That system has been put away. There's been one sacrifice that trumps all sacrifices, which is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And so now, as new covenant priests, what kind of spiritual sacrifices are we offering? And so that's going to be another teaching. Look forward to that. But they are acceptable to God only through Jesus Christ, according to verses 5. Not by our own strength and ability. We cannot produce anything that is a good sacrifice for God. But if you go into 9, it says, you are a chosen people. This is every nation, tribe, and tongue. This is, there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew or Gentile, barbarian or free. So this is a revelation of the, 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 the I love where it says God's, God's, His house is a house of prayer for all nations. The people of God are now Jew and Gentile. That barrier between Jew and Gentile has been broken down. Now there's one new man. It's the people of God. Those who call upon the name of the Lord. We've been grafted in with Messianic believers, Jews, Messianic Jews, believers in Jesus. That is the house. Doesn't matter if you, where you were born, where you grew up, but we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. Believers that call upon his name around the world. We are a holy nation and we are a people for God's own possession. Like it says in Revelation 5, that he purchased us for God. It again repeats here in that holy priesthood language, in that being a nation for him, every nation, tribe, and tongue, that Revelation chapter 5 reality is also here in First in Peter where it says we're God's possession. He bought us. Jesus bought us for God. Our life's no longer our own, but we live unto him who paid the highest price. We weren't bought cheaply. We were bought with the very blood of Jesus. And so it's that reality that we now live by. And that's the heart of the priest. That's the heart of the true king in the Lord. And it says that you, you are bought with a high price so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And let me say this, under the sound of my voice, I, I guarantee you're a believer, you're listening to this podcast. If you aren't, that'll be another show, okay? But if you are a believer, you were made to proclaim the, excell- the excellencies of Christ, not just the extroverted, not just the charismatic. We were all in our own unique, glorious way meant to proclaim his excellencies. So what area of your life are you preaching the gospel? To your friends at the grocery store, at church, in ministry schools, uh, on the mission field as a missionary down the street to the homeless guy asking you for $5? How are you ministering the gospel? Because you were made to proclaim his excellencies. That means if you are not proclaiming his excellencies, something is going to be off on the inside of you. You're not going to be fulfilled in life. There is a glorious fulfillment and a release of the anointing and power of God when we proclaim the message of the gospel in many different facets and ways. And when you do participate with the Lord in proclaiming the gospel, which is walking out your identity, regardless of your personality type, 
When you do that, you will sense a joy that springs up in your heart, a peace that is fulfilling, a satisfaction. And it's like, whoa, I was meant to do this. Fear tries to hold me back. Convenience tries to hold me back. Comfort tries to hold me back. But when I step out in faith and boldness and I release the the the, the gospel, my testimony, the love of God to someone, you walk away stirred, filled with excitement and joy because you were made to proclaim his gospel. So what areas of your life are you proclaiming his gospel? Because as priests, we are receiving revelation of the gospel in the secret place. We are ministering to the heart of God. We are offering spiritual sacrifices in, in, uh, you know, we, we encounter Jesus personally and also as a community, uh, which is the church, his bride. We are singular living stones and then we gather together with other living stones in the house of God, like I explained. So personally, you know, as a community, we are encountering God. We are priests on an individual level in the secret place. Also, we are priesting unto the Lord, offering him sacrifices, ministering unto him in a corporate community setting. And so that's true. But as kings, we were made to proclaim the excellencies of Christ Jesus. And so we're only operating in our priestly anointing if we're not proclaiming to the world the excellencies of Jesus. And that doesn't need to be as a missionary in Africa. It may be. But it could also be to your neighbor, to your sister, to your brother, to your mother, your father, your aunt, your uncle, to the homeless guy asking you for a dollar. What does it look like? You could be proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus, teaching in the body of Christ, equipping the saints. How are you ministering the gospel of Jesus? Because you can't just be a priest. There may be seasons where it's a heavy priesthood revelation of intimacy with God that you're receiving and there may be less proclaiming. But how can you just receive and not give? Jesus said, what you freely received, freely give. And that's the flow of life and life abundant. As we receive, we give. And then we make room to receive more as we give. We make room to receive more and we give. We get filled up, we pour out. We get filled up, we pour out. We get filled up, we pour out. That is meant to be the flow of the kingdom of heaven. Priests, kings, priests, kings. We're priests, in his presence, adoring him, loving him, ministering to him, laying our lives down on the heavenly altar, saying, my life is yours, I'm your possession. Then we go out into the world, empowered by the Holy Spirit, proclaiming the gospel with signs and wonders. That is a reality that we must possess and walk in. And that's how I want to challenge you today as believers. We're going to dive deeper into this. I'm going to end with a scripture right now. I'm going to end with a scripture. This is Ephesians 2, verse 18 through 22, because this is essentially highlighting the same thing that I shared. But Paul now shares it in Ephesians. This is out of the Passion Translation. I love it out of the Passion. And now, this is Ephesians 2, sorry, 18 through 22. And now, because we are united to Christ, we are united to Christ because of his finished work. We both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. Hallelujah. We have access to enter the throne room of heaven and to worship Jesus, the only one worthy. Nothing blocks our access to God because Jesus purchased it and his work is eternal. So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are children of the city of the holy ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple and your lives have been built up together upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus himself. 
And this entire building is under construction. Hallelujah. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Jesus is the cornerstone. And we are being built up together and we are under construction. We are under construction. We're not perfectly manifesting the nature, the glory of Jesus Christ and his presence in the world. We are under construction, but we are committed to that process individually, priesting to the Lord, living in the secret place, you know, committed to intimacy above anything else. Also gathering together as a community corporately to have that place of intimacy, worship, and adoration, but then also to be kings and to release it in the world. We are being built up. We are under the supervision of, thank God, the best form in ever, Jesus Christ. And he is the cornerstone. He is the building and he is the builder. Hallelujah. And he is the one that is the foreman overseeing the building of this project. And we are, I love verse 22 because it says individually we're being built up into a holy temple and as a community, the saints of God, believers in Jesus, we are being built up into a spiritual community. Even though we're not perfect, we still are learning to grow in the fullness of what we're meant to manifest. But when that glorious day arrives, Jesus will come. And man, what a glorious day of his appearing where his full kingdom will be revealed in the earth. And so bless you guys. We're going to keep diving into this revelation week after week, along with many amazing interviews that are being released in the days ahead. So keep tuning into Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that we can get this out to more people so they could be blessed. They could be awakened by the gospel of Jesus. Bless you. And I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org. 
lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.